Thank you. All the way from Wari, Delta, Nigeria, and I'm going there. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm always happy to be here. I think we were here about uh, two years ago. Yes. And uh, it is my pleasure to be here. You know, uh, about a couple of months ago, I was watching CNN, and then there was the President Obama. He was in Kenya, and uh, he was appealing to the people of Kenya and the president of Kenya with regard to what he called human rights and gay rights. And then he was trying to tell them, he was telling them that this right should be extended to the gay people in Kenya. And when I saw that, when I saw that on CNN, I was sick. I was sick in my stomach. I was grieved. My spirit was grieved. And I'm sure all the Christians, everybody in the whole of Africa, all were glued to the TV and they were trying and they were watching to see the response of the president of Kenya. And after President Obama, he spoke for some, some minutes, maybe about 30 to 45 minutes, the Prime Minister or the President of Kenya responded and said, this is not the issue in Kenya. That this is not the issue in Kenya. You know, and after then, I started thinking, you know, down the years, almost, you see, Kenya, it's about... Uh, about six hours by air from Nigeria. It's, all, it's a country in Africa. You know, we all looked up to the United States for a lot of things, the technology, development in all spheres of life, and especially for the Word of God. Almost about fifth, almost about eighty percent of all the Christian materials that come to Africa and Nigeria in particular, what I mean books, Christian resource materials, tapes and all that, they come from the United States. And most Christians in Africa they all wish that they could come to this country because of the Christian values that this country stands for. But that day, when the question that Obama spoke in Kenya, it just turned everything upside down. We were all shocked. You know, 
we said to ourselves, this is a wrong signal that is coming from America. We used to have the correct signals from America. In God we trust, the people of God, God's own country. But now we see the, 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 the President of the United States coming and uh, the ambassador, the, the first man in the United States preaching the gospel of darkness. Shall we open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5? I'm going to be reading from verses number 18 to 26. Okay, Ephesians 5, no, I'm, I will read from verses number 21 to 25. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Shall we bow our heads? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for these glorious words. We know that these words are kept unto us who live at the end of the ages. So that at a time like this, at a time like this where we see wrong signals, at a time like this when men are confused, at a time like this when we receive words men Marrying men and women marrying women, we can come back to these words and see your glory. So, Lord, show us your glory in these words. And we vow to give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. This evening, I'm just going to speak to you briefly on marriage and I'm just going to give you I'm going to speak to you make some introductions to you it is impossible to speak about marriage in one session usually in my church it's about in our church I speak on marriage for maybe about more, uh, maybe three months but I'm just going to make some introductory remarks and I will trust that the Holy Spirit will, will use those words to inspire you. You see, the Christian marriage is unique. There are many views about the Christ, about marriage. 
But this evening, I want to tell you that the Christian view of marriage is unique. It is entirely different from all the other views that you know. And you can find it only in the Bible. There are all kinds of views about marriage in the world today. But I'm going to show, I'm going to speak to you just on a few of the views that are common. And one of the commonest view of marriage is this physical one. It is something which is almost based exclusively on physical attraction and the desire for physical gratification. You know, what I'm saying is this. The marriage, the way the world knows marriage, generally, is based on just what I've said, on physical attraction and the desire for physical gratification. It is the legalizing of this physical attraction and this desire for physical gratification. In other words, what I'm saying, when people get married, when the world, and sometimes it even happens in the, it's in the church, when they get married, they are getting married because, look, I like her the way she, she is physically. And I desire her physically. This is the common view of marriage. And it is this legalizing. So when you see people go to court and sometimes even go to church, is that they want to legalize this physical attraction, and they want to legalize this desire for physical gratification. So I am getting married because I, I, am, I want a license. I want a certificate to show that, yes, this person, I like her physically, and I desire her physically, so you obtain a license in order to legalize these two entities that I've just described. It is governed by instincts and by impulses. It is purely on the animal level. If you check yourself what, you, what, what I'm saying, you will see that this is true. I became born again after I was married. And I was guided at that time by what I am saying to you right now. It is a legalizing of what people want. In other words, you go to the courthouses, you go to the church to legalize exactly this physical attraction and this desire for physical gratification. The second view is like a human arrangement. It is something based 
on a kind of evolution of thoughts. It is anthropological. It is like a social development. What I mean is this. At the beginning, people, I mean, a man could have relationship with as many women as possible. Like animals. And then, after some time, trouble came up. Because anytime you find this type of arrangement, there's bound to be trouble. I'm sleeping with this person and this this is sleeping and I desire this person and somebody's coming after that person. You find this type of behavior in animals. So you find animals, they fight in order to keep let me use the word their spouses. They fight. You must not come into that territory. You find one animal with about five, ten, many females around and then he keeps them. And this is what it was at the beginning. This is um, We are talking about views now. And it is said that this arrangement brought a lot of pain and trouble, infighting and trouble. So thoughts, the thoughts of people evolved. And they said, no, this is not right. We cannot be killing ourselves because of this. So by trial and error, they ended up into monogamy. It is, it is better each person has a wife and then we legalize it so it is known by everybody that this is my wife or this is my husband so that no other male or no other female touches your partner. It is something also based on the animal level. And then the third view is what we are seeing today. Homosexuality. You see, this last view is worse. Men getting married to men. And women getting married to women. These are the three most common views of marriage the world knows today. But let me say this. You see, as we look at America from outside the United States, we feel sorry for the people, for the Christians in this country. And why we do so is because you see, the Holy Spirit, the Bible we read in Nigeria is the same Bible. You see, I just read my Bible, and I see that it's the same Bible. The Holy Spirit is the same Holy Spirit. Jesus is the same. We don't have an American Holy Spirit, or a Nigerian Holy Spirit, or an African Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the same. And we are all baptized into the body of Christ by this same Holy Spirit. You see, the United States is not the body of Christ. You see, many times Christians confuse. I've spoken to many Christians here. And they confuse the government of the United States and the body of Christ. These are two complete separate things. The United States is a union of states. 
And each state, they are made up of individual people with individual background, individual cultures. But they all come together under one constitution. And this constitution is made by the people of the United States. And it is led by one person, by a human being. And in this union of the United States, there are all kinds of people, as I said. There are Christians, there are Hindus, there are Muslims. There are all kinds of people in this union. But the body of Christ, as I said, is quite different from the United States. The body of Christ is made up of people who are born again. And it is made up of people who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you are not born again, you cannot be a member of the body of Christ. It is the Holy Spirit, as I said, that baptizes us into the body of Christ. And you can see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. It said, For by one Spirit are we baptized into one body, whether we be Jews, Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. So you see, I am trying to make this distinction so you don't get so that you don't you don't bother yourself about what Obama is doing. Because that is the United States. So within this United States, you have the body of Christ. They are a peculiar people, born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. And the head of the body of Christ is Christ himself. But the head of the United States today is Barack Obama. You see the distinction. So, in this union, they can legislate what they want to legislate. I am not surprised. And I'm saying to you not to be surprised. Because you are a different people. You belong to the body of Christ. The United States is in the realm, as a union, is in the realm of darkness. And because they are in the realm of darkness, they can legislate what they want to legislate. I want you to notice today what I'm saying, because in the, in, in the nearest future, this country will legalize pedophilia. They will legalize kleptomania. Because they are all in the same group. It is a stronghold. A time will come, they will, the people will come and say, well, it is natural, we are born like that. Of course we are all born in sin. <laughs> we were born like that, this is the way we are, and all that. So, let's legalize pedophilia. And then, because the majority of the people <laughs> are pedophiles and then they will come with the same legislation. It's the same line. Amen. 
themselves. Let's not be bothered about what they do. Your question is, what do we do at a time like this? It is this type of thing that Joshua saw when he said, as for me and my family, as for me and my family, if they want, they can do what they want. The men can, I mean, can marry men. Men can sleep with men. Why? Because God has given them up to that type of spirit. You know what Ezekiel Ezekiel 14 verses 1 to 6, it says, when a man comes to the prophet with an idol in his heart, he said, the Lord God will speak to the prophet to tell the man according to the idol in his heart. This is what they want to do. And so the Lord is giving them up to this. But as for me and my family, there's a scripture. That's what Joshua said. As for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. Joshua said to the people, worship the Lord. And many of them were arguing with him. If you don't want to worship the Lord, it's okay for you. If that's what the United States of America as a union of states, if that's what they want to do, it's okay for you. But as for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. Amen. So each and every one of us, we need to We need to tell our children that this is the right thing to do. We are people of God. Amen. It is God that created this institution of marriage. It is God that said at the beginning, it is not good for man to be alone. It is for this purpose that God created the woman. As I said earlier on, the Christian view of marriage is governed by what the Bible says. You see, marriage can only be understood as we understand the doctrine of Jesus Christ and the church. The doctrine of the body of Christ. If you don't understand the doctrine of the body of Christ, you will never understand the doctrine of marriage. I'm going to comment on that a little bit. And if you don't understand, if you don't believe in the Trinity, you can never understand the doctrine of marriage. You cannot understand marriage unless you are born again. You know, in Nigeria, I've always had the problems, the problem of people who are not born again, couples who are not born again, and they come to me for counsel. They are not born again. And they come to me for counsel. What do you think I count? How do you think I counsel them? I do not counsel them with the word of God. Why? Because they cannot do it. They can't do it. You know, in the text that I read to you, I read to you from verses, from verses 21 to 25. 
But look at verse 18. He says, do not be drunk with wine, wherein is in excess. He says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. The apostle is talking to the same people. In other words, you see, the first injunction that you see, in verse 21, he says, submitting one unto the other. An unbeliever cannot submit. The spirit of submission is this. The submission is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you are not born again, you will have problems. And as I said, you have problems with your marriage. And as I said, when unbelievers come to me and they have problems, couples, I do not counsel them in the way of the Bible. I counsel them according to their traditions. First of all, I ask them, from where are you? If the couple, if they say, well, we are from America, well, <laughs> if the wife says, my husband is abusing me, then kill him. Shoot him. <laughs> because if I tell, if I tell the woman, <laughs> because this is the way to solve it. Or show him. Get a lawyer and show him. That's the counsel you give to, I mean, an American unbeliever. Get a lawyer and show him. Divorce him. You see a rich man, clean him up. Take everything that he has. Praise the name of the Lord. Why? This is their way. You counsel them according to the idol in their hearts. You counsel them because this is what they can do. If I start telling the woman, wives, the wife, submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. He cannot do it. Why? Because you need the Holy Spirit. Submission is not a natural thing. Is somebody listening? Submission is not a natural thing. Submission is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Show me a woman that submits. And I will tell you that she's filled with the Holy Spirit. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot submit. But in verse 18, you see the apostle, this colossus of an apostle. He, do, you know, do, do you know that the, this apostle was not even married? And yet, look at what he wrote. Sometimes I ask myself, how did he know these things? He was never married. But you see, in verse 18, he says, submitting one unto the other. In other words, the apostle is asking each and every one of us to submit. Men to submit to women. Women submit to men. As Christians, we must submit one unto the other. We must be submitting before we get married. You know, I said at a time that if you don't understand the Trinity, it will be difficult for you to understand on how to maintain and how to keep your marriage. 
We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They are equal. But yet, for the purposes of redemption, Christ submitted. He took flesh upon himself. You know, if I asked you to become a mosquito for a particular purpose, would you do that? You tell me, wow. What happens if I cannot come back and become a, a human being? What I'm saying now, the way you are sitting in front of me, for, for one purpose or the other, I ask you to become a mosquito. Or I ask you to become a roach, a toad. Would you do it? You would ask me, what would happen if at the end of the day, you cannot change me back to a human being? You know, Christ took flesh upon himself. He's equal with God. But he subordinated himself. He submitted. They are both equal. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, they are equal. But then, for the purpose, for this same purpose of redemption, he subordinated himself. He took flesh upon himself. He limited himself because he was, when he was in Galilee, he was not in Jerusalem. He subordinated himself for the purpose of redemption. And so when you see in these words, wives, submit. The purpose of this submission is not because the wife is a slave. It's not because the husband is more important. It is for the purpose of redemption. You see, the whole world today, the whole world today, everybody is doing what they want to do. But you see, God's agenda is going on. God is redeeming people one by one. You see, some years ago, 2,000 years ago, in Jerusalem, people gathered. People went to their different villages to prepare for the census and for taxing, for taxing purposes. While all of this was going on in Bethlehem, God's agenda, God was carrying out His plan and purpose. Our Lord and Savior was born quietly in that manger in Bethlehem. But then, there was Herod, Pilate, taxing, people were, people were talking about politics and all that. But the agenda of God was going on secretly. God himself was taking flesh upon himself. What I'm saying to you, when you see these words here, submit, wives, submit, it is an injunction. It is because it is for the purpose of redemption. 
It is not even for the sake of the man. What the Lord is saying, the Lord's agenda is still going on. And the Lord is saying, okay, two of you, you are the same. That's what the Bible says. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. We all belong to the body of Christ. It is not because the man is important. You see those words there as unto the Lord. In verse 22. As unto the Lord. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. You know, many people have misunderstood this statement. The wife is not a slave of the man. We are all born slaves unto the Lord. What the Lord is saying is this. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You submit unto the Lord. You worship the Lord. This is your duty. He said, can you take a little bit of that submission? The submission unto the Lord. Can you take a little bit of that? You are used to it. You are a child of God. You submit one unto another. You submit unto the Lord. You bow down before the Lord. He said, can you take a little bit of that submission and extend it? to your husband for the purpose of redemption for my own sake because I have a plan and purpose I'm going after some people I needed to redeem some people and you are one of them can you do that so that we can all get along you and your, your spouse can get along he said your submission to your husband is an expression of your submission unto the Lord. Show me a woman that submits to her husband. Because it is not a natural thing. It is by the Holy Spirit. It is an agenda of God. It is the woman's duty unto the Lord to submit. It's not even unto him. The husband is not even the issue. The issue there is the Lord. I am doing this for the sake of the Lord. Amen. And as I said, don't think that this is a natural thing. I said it at the beginning. You see, what I'm saying now, the apostle is not talking generally to women. This is not a woman issue. The apostle here is talking to wives. There is a special anointing from God. And this is the secret of this anointing to submit. It is not something that you develop on your own naturally. No. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And until you understand, until you are filled with the Holy Spirit and understand these things, you can never get to the point of submission. 
You must be powered by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Bible says, it says, walk out your salvation. Walk out your salvation with, with what? With fear and trembling. For it is the power. The word power is the Holy Spirit. He said, it is the power of God that walketh in you to do this thing. So, we come back to the question, are you born again? Because these words are written for Christians. I said it at the beginning, that the Christian view of marriage is only in the Bible. You can never find it anywhere. It is a, it is a peculiar and a particular view. As I said, all other views will fail. But it is of God. So that the plan and purpose, this redemption plan, it can go on. Amen. In verse 25, I'm going to look at this very quickly. Verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. What does that mean? You know, the word love, in the New Testament, there are two forms of this word love. In the Bible, you don't have the, the Bible does not mention the erotic love, this sensual, sexual love. It does not exist in the Bible. In the New Testament, what we have is the agape love and the filius love. The agape is the sacrificial Love, And the filio is the love between two brothers, two sisters, a brother and a sister. The love between two good friends. I'm fond of you. That type, that's, what, that's the filio love. But this love that is mentioned here is the agape love. He says, can you die for your wife? Because that's the love. That's the love that Jesus, that's the type of love that Jesus had for us. It was unto death. He went to the cross for you and I. The church is described as the bride of the Lord. Can you die for your wife? Christ is the head of the church. So, he died for the church. He died for you and I. Now you are the head of your family. Husbands. So the question is this. Can you die for your wife? I'm waiting. 
can you really die for your wife? You know, where I come from, when you ask, when I'm preaching on a subject like this, you know, in Nigeria, you know, because there, in our African traditions, men are men. And women, well, we are women. And you can always change your wife anytime it pleases you. You can always do that. So the question is, why should I die for my wife when I can always get another one? And the question they ask themselves is this, what is a woman meant for? For destruction. To play. You play with her and when you are fed up, you get another one. You don't die for women. You don't die for any human being. You see, this is true. The answer is natural. No, I cannot die for my wife. I cannot die for anybody. It's a natural instinct for a man to survive, to be himself, and to live forever. Men don't die for men. Men don't even die for women. But look at this Colossus of an apostle. Why would he ask a question like this? Why would he make a statement like this? Husbands, love your wife. And he describes the way. He says, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. The question is this. Can you do it? Can you die for your wife? Can you at a given point say, yes, I'm ready. You know, <laughs> you know, each time I preach a message like this, as I say, you see the men, their heart, they tremble. And I can see the wife asking the husband, honey, can you die for me? And he says, forget about that. Pastor is just joking. <laughs> Pastor is not serious. <laughs> Let's talk reality. You know, if the answer is no, it's a sign that you are not born again. This is the testing of the Word of God. To be born again is not something that you say, well, I am born again. It's easy to say that. That's what Jesus said. It's easy to say your sins are forgiven. But tell the man, now you take your... Take, stand up. Take your mat and get up. That's it. That's where, the, that's where it is practical. Are you born again? You say yes. The next question is this. Can you die for your wife? You are in a position in which one of you has to die. Who will die out of two of you? I'm hearing that coughing. 
<laughs> Amen. You know, the truth is this. It is really a test. It's a test. If, it, if, if you cannot, if as you sit there, you say to yourself, I cannot. The truth is this. I cannot die for my wife. It's a sign that you are not, number one, you are not born again. It's a sign that you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the natural man cannot die for his wife. It is for this reason, once again, that you find in verse number 18, where the apostle says, at the beginning, he said, do not be drunk with wine, wherein is in excess. He says, but what? Be filled with the Holy Ghost. A man who is filled with the Holy Ghost will step out. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This agape love, the love, the husband's love, is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Is that fruit, is that love that you find in the same um, Galatians 5.22. It's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. That love. So if you want to test yourself as a spouse, as a husband, if you want to test yourself, if you are born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, this is the test. If at any given time you find yourself resisting in your mind, I don't think I can die. I don't think so. Then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Shall we bow our heads? issue here, the summary of what all of what I've been saying before is this. Wives, the apostle is not talking about women. He's talking about wives. Christian wives. Members of the body of Christ. Those who are born again the Bible says, he that is born of the spirit is spirit. And he that is born of the flesh is flesh. Are you born of the spirit? Are you born again? This is the test. Wives. Submit. Submission is not an easy thing. This is a man, you've been living with him for how many years? Many years. You've seen him in and out. And maybe at this time you have come to the conclusion it is likely I married the wrong man. How can I submit to a man like this? If that is what you are saying in your heart, then you need the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, a man can be born again and is not baptized in the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul met some Christians and he asked them, 
Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Well, some of you might say, well, Pastor, my husband is a difficult man. I have done all I could to submit to him. And it's impossible to submit. This word is coming to you this evening. And the solution to the matter is the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. Are there wives here this evening? Then open your mouth and say, Lord, it is true. This is true. It is only a sick man that goes to the doctor. Lord, this is true. I cannot submit. I find it, I've tried my best to submit. I've tried on my own to submit. But now the word of God is coming to you. You need the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk in wine weariness in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I ask you to open your mouth and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to submit to my husband. The desire of my heart is to submit to my husband. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Empower me to obey this command. I see it as a command in the Bible. Empower me to do it. And I say to you, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Feel. Open your mouth and say it. Feel me, Holy Spirit. Feel me, Holy Spirit. Feel me, Holy Spirit. Feel me. Feel me. And husbands, the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. You know how many times we call ourselves men, but how many times, even secretly, have we gone to the Lord and we say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. I'm in trouble. My business is in trouble. I am sick. Help me. And the Lord has answered you. Why? Because he loves you. You are a part of the body of Christ. You are a member in particular. The grace of God has been upon you. Why? Because he loves you. The Lord is not depending on what you do. He loves you even without precondition. I'm talking to men, to husbands. That's what the Lord is asking you to do. You see, Christ is the head of the church. And he loves you. He went to the cross for you. And he's still loving you. He's still helping you. What the Lord is saying. He said, take a little, a little bit of that and extend it to your wife. Love her. Keep her like a treasure. The Bible says we 
We are like the apple of his eyes. Is your wife like your apple, the apple of your eyes? The natural man cannot do what I'm saying. But the Holy Spirit will empower you to love your wife even unto death. So husbands, open your mouth and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me. You know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 25, it said, the secret of the Lord belongs to those that fear Him. This is the secret. The Holy Spirit is the secret of every marriage. This is it. It's not by what you do. It's not by what you cook. It's not by the way you appear. It's not by the makeup. It's not by anything you do. But it is this secret work of the Holy Spirit. The silent work of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that baptizes the, all the Christians in the whole world. He baptizes them into one spirit. But here you are, two of you. He would do it like that. In a split second, two of you will become one. We are all one in Christ. We are members of his body. But two. Husbands, just bow your head and say it unto the Lord. Oh, my Father in heaven, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I want to love my wife the way you love me and gave yourself for me. Fill me with that love. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Shall we put our hands together for the Holy Spirit?